Welcome to the IO Talk Show. My name is Jim Hannes. I have my beautiful wife, Kendra, with us tonight. And our guest tonight is actually someone that we know very well because it's our daughter. Um, her name is Michaela Lewis. She went and got married on us last summer. But sure did, buddy. <clears throat> we're glad she's here and she's uh, married to a wonderful man, Chandler. We love him. We're appreciative his walk with God and how much they love God together. Um, we're going to talk tonight about uh, worship. Uh, Michaela has been involved in the worship team here at Christ Temple for many years. I'm going to let her share a little bit about how long she's been doing it and uh, give you some background and we'll get into some uh, deep questions. So share with us a little bit about how long you've been doing this. So um, I I mean, my dad's a pastor, so I grew up in church, and I grew up singing in children's church. Well, what was then children's church, it's now our kids, but I don't actually remember at what point I transitioned from singing in children's church to Inside Out, but I think it was like 7th or 8th grade, because I know I started coming to Inside Out when I was in 6th grade, so I think I have been leading worship in Inside Out for 8 or 9 years, Oh wow! but I don't... I can't exactly pinpoint it. She's getting so old she can't remember things. I, tell I know, you. it's just that's the way it goes. So, you know, there's there's a lot of different opinions about what worship is and what worship is not. So from a worshipers or a worship leader standpoint, I just want to ask you, how do you define worship? Um, if you were to look up worship in the dictionary, it would say it's an expression or feeling of adoration, which I think is totally true and right on. Um, but for me personally, I describe worship as a posture of the heart. Um, I can express that posture in a worship service, um, or it can just be more inward and more intimate between me and the Father. But I think a lot of people... When they hear the word worship, they think of the time that's carved out between um, the beginning of the service and when the offering is taken, and that's worship. That's a worship service, but that's not that doesn't encompass everything that worship is. Yeah, very good. So, <clears throat> what are some scriptures that support the definition you just gave? So, like I said, I believe that worship is a posture of the heart. And one of the um, first scriptures that I think about when I think of that definition is the scripture that says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. But I love the way it says it in the Passion Translation. It says, for what has been stored up in your hearts, this is Matthew twelve thirty four. for what has been stored up in your hearts will be heard in the overflow of your words. So I can sing a song, but if my heart isn't pure, and that posture of my heart isn't correct, my overflow is going to be bitterness and um, unforgiveness and rejection and all those things that I've been carrying. Um, the other one is, and this is one of my favorite stories in the Bible, it's in Mark 14, um, when the woman came to Jesus who was in Bethany at Simon's house, and she came and anointed him, and she brought all that she had in an alabaster jar, and she broke it open, and in the Passion Translation, verse Mark 14, verse 3, it says, As he was reclining at the table, a woman came into the house holding an alabaster flask. It was filled with the highest quality of fragrant and expensive oil. She walked right up to Jesus 
and with a gesture of extreme devotion, she broke the flask and poured out the precious oil over his head. But some were highly indignant when they saw this, and they complained to one another, saying, What a total waste! It could have been sold for a great sum, and the money could have benefited the poor. So they scolded her. Jesus said to them, Leave her alone. Why are you so critical of this woman? She has honored me with this beautiful act of kindness. For you will always have the poor, whom you can help whenever you want, but you will not always have me. When she poured the fragrant oil over my head, she was preparing my body in advance for my burial. She has done all that she could to honor me. I promise you that as this wonderful gospel spreads all over the world, the story of her lavish devotion to me will be mentioned in memory of her. So I love when it says, um, you won't always have me. I mean, they didn't know that Jesus was getting ready to go to the cross. And in that moment, she gave everything that she had. She's done all that she could to honor me. And so I think the expression of worship is that, doing extreme devotion to honor him. So what's that look like? Um... For me, personally, I can do that in, like, so many different ways. I can, in a worship service, lift my hands, or I can jump. Or it can be as simple as, um, me and Chandler have a garden that they know you guys don't know. But um, I can go in my garden and harvest all the things that God has allowed me to have, and I can be mad about it, like, oh, it's hot. And I do that sometimes, I mean, real life. Or I can be thankful in my heart, like, God, you've given me the opportunity to do to do this, to steward this, and you've given um, sustainability to me. That's good. So one of my favorite scriptures about uh, worship is actually in the book of Psalms. And, um, it's Psalm 100, verse 4. And this is the Passion Translation. It says, You can pass through his open gates with a password of praise. Come right into his presence with thanksgiving. And come bring your thank, thankful offering to him and affectionately bless his beautiful name. Yeah. You know, in the King James it says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. If, if you took that scripture and you break it down in the original Hebrew, it literally means this. Abide in the opening that he's created with your thanksgiving and your praise. Live there. You know, to me, one of the things that I think is so amazing about worship is that God has created a place for us to come into. Yeah. And, you know, we don't ever have to leave that place. Right. You know, we can go into that place and stay there. And I think that's what's so beautiful about worship. You know, it allows us to take our entire life, yeah. whatever we do, like you were talking about in the garden, mm -hmm. you know, our entire life, we can take that with us and live with Him. Yeah. And I, I like how if you take the word Thanksgiving there back to the original Hebrew, it's todah, and it literally means an extension of the hand. Yeah. Like, I'm in total surrender. Um, I listened to a podcast earlier. Um, it's Michael Koulianos' podcast with Michael Malden. A lot of Michaels there. And he was talking about breaking the word todah into the three Hebrew letters that it means. And it's an extension of the hand, an opening of the door, and a breath. So you extend your hand the Lord opens the door and then he breathes upon you. I thought that was so cool. You enter his gates with thanksgiving. So thanksgiving is hand and he's opening the gate so he can breathe on you. Amen. Mm -hmm. Do you have anything? Um, I think as far as um, with worship, I have learned a lot more over the past um, couple years is um, I was always expressing myself um with shouting and dancing and and that's all 
that's wonderful too um, that there was a point in my life just recently um, I wasn't able to shout as far as like dance before the Lord um, because of some um, physical elements in my body and um, so during that time I began to learn too that there is more to it in a deeper um, worship and time with God than rather me just you know shouting and jumping whatever in church so um, and I think that God has allowed me to grasp that closeness more to him and it's been where I needed to be for a long time you know one of the things that um, you know of course McKilla grew you know she's our daughter so she grew up in a pastor's home and you know our home was filled with you know worship music and you know, gospel music, but it was also filled with a lot of love and encouragement. And, you know, I don't think you can ever get to the place of really loving people if you don't love him first. Right. Mm-hmm. And, that, you know, that's one of the things we instilled both in both of our children. We wanted them to love him so that they could love other people. Um, you know, you, you said that you've been doing this for Inside Out for about eight or nine years. Um, how have you seen the worship change? I think not just in Inside Out, but in as the church as a whole. Right now, we're really in a worship movement, if you will. Like, um, I think people are beginning to learn that God wants to commune with you. He wants to have time with you. Um, and not just in a church setting. He wants that to be um, every day. You know, I abide in you and you and me. You know, I walk with him every day of my life. But I think especially in Inside Out right now, we're seeing a lot more freedom in our worship, um, which I love. And I, I love, don't get me wrong, I love when um, we prepare a set list because God honors that. He honors our preparation. Um, but I also love when the Lord just totally wrecks it and nobody's mad about it. Um, and I think that's something that we're really seeing right now is, you know, we're just, whatever the Lord wants to do, we'll do it. So I think that's really cool. Yeah. I know for me, of course, I've you know I've been in youth ministry for thirty some years. Uh, the thing that your your mom and I were talking about this uh, last week, I think there was a time in the youth ministry that it was all about, and there's nothing wrong with this song. It was a great song at the time because that's where we were. Don't stop, get your blessing. Don't stop, get your blessing. Got to get it. Got to get it. I can't sing. Got to get it. Got to get it. Yeah, no blessing. Like, <laughs> it was like it was so fast I couldn't even keep up with it. <laughs> But it's like there's been a transition of them having to get a blessing, but it seems like now they understand that he is the blessing. Yeah, right. And that's all they're seeking after. And, you know, we were talking about that uh, last week and how, you know, we're seeing a, a change from that. Yeah. Um, and I think part of that, too, is, you know, John 4.24 says that we'll, he's looking for worshipers that will worship him in spirit and in truth. And I was talking to Cameron, who was on here last week about this. But I can be so, like, spirit-minded, and I just kind of go with the wind and throw theology out the window. And then I can be so theology-minded and truth-minded that all, like, that everything is just black and white, cut and dry. But he's looking for both, like, to follow him in spirit, but also to bring in the truth that is the word so that you have balance. Amen. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, what are some encounters ask your mom this one too so that she can share with us and of course you Michaela what are some encounters that you remember 
that you have with God that has really impacted your life? Do you want to go first? Um, I'll let you go first. Okay. Um, so, if I were... Stop laughing. Um, the very, like, first encounter that comes to my mind whenever somebody asks me that is um, I've gone through a season of my life. A little bit of my testimony is I was in um, a not-so-great relationship, and um, I had kind of lost everything. I had compromised in my relationship with the Lord. I had had like torn up my relationship with my parents I had torn up my relationship with my friends and I came to this place where I was like I can't do it anymore like I can't take one more minute and um five years ago I tried to kill myself I was driving home and decided I was going to drive my car into the ditch and put pedal to the metal and a couple months after that I was in a worship service and my mom actually didn't want me to go she (laughs) Because the service was in the main building. It was an adult service. And she wanted me to be up here at Inside Out. And I remember finding her like, no, I have to go to this. Like, I just really feel like I'm going to be there. And she's like, you need to be up here. We're doing something very special. I was like, no, I'm going. And um, there was a moment when I heard the Lord say, um, are you ready to stop feeling sorry for yourself? And that's all I had done for three months was, you know, this is your fault. You're the reason that you're here. You're the reason that you lost your car. You're the reason that you're not in school right now. You're the reason that you're having headaches. And so I went to the altar and just kind of laid it all down and felt the true love of the Father, like no conditions attached, no strings attached. And a guy came up to me, and he had no idea who I was. He had no idea what I was going through. And he said, the Lord's going to restore your joy like you just bought a brand new car. And he had no idea that I had tried to kill myself in a brand new car that I had gotten out of. I mean, I was 16 years old. And so I think in that moment, like, that just super impacted my life. I mean, I was never the same from that moment. But it was just so wild that, you know, we always say God meets you where you are. But, like, he literally met me right there. Like, he took me back to the moment that I lost it all, and that's where he met me. Your turn. Um... One of the encounters that I can really remember um, was just a couple of years ago, three years ago to be exact, Um, and I wasn't in church, I wasn't in a church setting. Um, We have a swimming pool, and I was actually in our um, swimming pool, and the crazy thing about it was um, Michaela and Jim were both there, (laughs) and um, it was just... um, that moment that God said, are you tired of feeling sorry for yourself? It's time for you to do something that you know you wanted to do. And um, to me, that was like, I didn't have to be in the church, which, which I am always. But I was at that moment with God, just me and him. And, um, yeah, it was happening. <laughs> so let me ask you the same question. What well, are some encounters that you've had with God yeah, that have impacted your life? Well, it's it's kind of wild that he speaks to the three of us in the same way. He, it's in one, our blood. One, one thing he said to me, uh, and this was an encounter I had with him, and he said, are you tired of feeling sorry for yourself? And this was 10 years after I had found out about my real life. Um, I won't go into details with you tonight about this, but for 10 years after I had found out this family secret about me I didn't want to talk about it and I was doing the same thing I was feeling sorry for myself and I was in a Monday morning staff meeting and we broke up for prayer 
And I was just praying, and I, I heard God speak to me. Are you tired of feeling sorry for yourself? Yeah. And I ignored it. He said it again. He actually said it three times to me, and I finally said, okay, God. And then he just began, from that moment, leading me on an amazing journey of discovering his love for me. Yeah. And uh, that that will always stick out to me. I, there's one other one I'll share with you. Um, we, we were having a youth event, and my aunt, Mid, who used to go here, uh, my family here at Christ Temple, uh, she passed away some years ago, but uh, her and her husband, Junior, had a house that was over at South Point, and you know, they had a lot of land, and they had a, a pool and a pool house, and it was really nice over there. They had a place where you could play volleyball and everything, and so we would do youth events over there. She, her and Junior would allow us to come over there and do things there at the the pool and stuff. So there was one particular night we did a lockout. Instead of a lock-in, we locked everybody out. And, um, you know, they were swimming, we had hot dogs, and they were playing volleyball. There was a little bit of everything going on. And we started uh, playing some gospel music, and uh, I can't even remember. It was Michael Kelly, a, C- or a cassette, that tells you how long ago it was. It was a cassette <laughs> tape, uh, singing some things, and um, we had built a fire. It was later, you know, at night, and uh, we built a fire. And then uh, me and a couple other leaders were down by the fire. And, and then all of a sudden, we noticed all the young people just started coming down and joining us. And we just all began to worship God. And the whole time that we were there, there was a cloud that came and hovered over us in that little place where the fire was. And for you know a couple of hours, that's all we did was worship, and that yeah. cloud was still there. You gotta rem- uh, think about this. There were no clouds at all that night. It was a clear night, and the minute we stopped worshiping, that cloud was gone. Um, but it was an incredible encounter with God, you know. Yeah. Um, and those things, they, you know, they truly change your life. Right. Yeah. So, um, if people aren't worshiping, and this is, you know, <clears throat> a worship leader, you want people to you know, to enter in, how do you encourage them to do it? Um, I think one thing that I do off the platform a lot, um, people will come up to me all the time and they're like, oh, I love the way you worship. You're just so um, excited and so free and blah, 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 blah. And I think a lot of the times I like remind them, you know, like it may look like that for me, but it may not look like that for you. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, from the platform that translates to encouraging people, you know, whatever you need to do in this moment, you have the freedom to do that. If that's um, moving to a corner in the back of the room so you're not distracted, if that's laying on your face, if that's jumping up and down, if that's running, if that's raising your hands, you know, whatever it is that you feel the Lord is leading you to do, you have the freedom to do that. And um, one thing that Steve Shelton, who oversees our worship ministry up here, says is um, worship isn't from a platform to a people, but it's from the people, the body of Christ, to a holy God. And so I think reminding, um, also reminding your congregation that I'm not, I'm not singing to you, I'm singing with you mm-hmm. to our Father, and that encourages them to join with you. Amen. How do you use the Word of God in worship? Um, I, you know, with worship, a lot of times you exhort between songs, um, so that it's not awkward and, you know, preparing for your song, um, finding a scripture that, 
goes with that song. Or um, encouraging people enter his gates into thanksgiving. Let's just take a moment right now and sing out your thankfulness, whatever that is. Um, yeah, just little stuff like that. Okay. Can you worship without music? Yes, you can. <laughs> Um, worshiping without music is one of my favorite things. And if you're ever in a worship service that I am the one leading, I would say 50% of the time I will stop whatever's going on and I'll be like, can we just rest right now? Just like no music. Can we rest? Because I think that so many times we, in our culture today, we are so consumed with noise. Like you can't be in the car unless there's music in the background or a podcast or you're in a conversation with somebody and when they stop talking it gets awkward so you just start rambling about something else and I think a lot of times we do that with God too like if there's silence we feel like it's awkward so we start rambling when actually he's wanting to speak um I love the song by Jason Upton he says in the silence you are speaking in the quiet I can feel the fire that's burning burning deeply all it is that you desire to be silent so in those moments, he's burning out all the things that he wants to be quiet. So I think that's really cool, just cool. to sit and listen. Um, I used to be that person that thought that um, you could worship sure did. without music. She <laughs> sure did. And, True story. Um, I was all like, the time. I felt like that I had to have worship music on, mm-hmm. praise music on constantly to be in tune with God, you know, to get there. And I found that that is totally not the case and um, I wish that I would have learned that um, sooner in life and so now I mean it's just I'm excited when I get that time with him and that one-on-one together and I know that I don't have to have that music the only thing I need is his word right and like like I said it's a posture of the heart so that right there just tells you you don't have to have music like your heart being turned towards him is worship, whether there's a song on or not. Yeah. <clears throat> I threw a, a curveball to Michaela before we actually went on air, and I said, I want you to sing the song Abba. And you just said you could worship without music. So <laughs> Yeah, I can worship <clears throat> without singing. No, I, this is probably one of my favorite songs. Um, it's, you know, by Jonathan Helser. Just the words of it are so amazing. And how the song was written yeah. and how it was birthed is what is really incredible. Um, I won't go into details, but I, I want Michaela just to sing the chorus. Um, and we're just going to uh, worship for a little while. Is that okay? Can we just worship for a little while? Mm-hmm. Sure can. Sing it for us. I belong to you. Abba, I belong to you. Abba, I belong to you. You came running down my prodigal road. You came running with a ring and a rope. Gracious the collision. On the way back home With the arms of a father Who won't let go I belong to you 
says where there are two or more gathered in his name there he is we don't have to invite him here he's here and you know his presence is so real right now you know my prayer for you tonight is um, spend some time enjoying God's glory spend some time just worshiping him be thankful for the things that he's done in your life number one you know He's given you breath for today. Yes. That's something that you can worship Him for. Uh, you know, maybe you're you're going through some trials and some tests and everything like that. <clears throat> worship Him because He's the one who is walking right with you. Yeah. Um, you know, if if you're looking for a church that mm-hmm. believes in worship, if you're looking for a church that um, you know just wants to encounter God. Come to Christ's temple. I encourage you. We have two services on Sunday mornings at 9 and 11. Yeah. Then our youth service is on Sunday nights at 6. We're located at 2400 Johnstown Road here in Huntington, West Virginia. Um, and we'd love to have you. Come be a part of this experience that we have every week with this loving Father. We love you. God bless you guys. Any last words? Have a great week. Peace and blessings. God bless you guys.